0: This is Minnesota Liberty, brought to you by the Libertarian Party of Minnesota, bringing you peace, prosperity, and freedom from the land of 10,000 lakes.
1: Mankato, where she's been going through some stuff with the local school board there. Joey, what do you got?
0: Yeah, uh, before bringing her in, I just wanted to list a couple of upcoming events. Uh, we have the... Uh, Women in Government panel on July 23rd at uh, Falconer Vineyards in Red Wing, hosted by the Libertarian Women of Dakota and Goodhue Counties. Uh, We have the CD3 July Meetup on the 24th at Omni Brewing in Maple Grove. And uh, last but not least, the Minnesota Valley Libertarians on July 31st at uh, Polito's Pizza in Mankato. And this happens to be our guest's home affiliate. So after saying, if you have any interest in those or our other events, please go to lpmn.org slash events for a list of everything. I will bring in Beth. Hello. Hi, Beth.
2: Hi. Nice to see everyone tonight.
0: Hello.
1: Thanks for coming.
2: Happy to be here.
1: So yeah. Um, Got to talk just briefly when uh, introducing the podcast and before and it sounds pretty spicy and I can't wait to chat about what's going on with the Mankato school board. I know that I imagine it's got to be making some national news with some of this stuff um, or will be. So uh, why don't you give us a lowdown? What's going on down there?
2: Yeah, it's been Six months um, of communication with the Mankato school district on what is a white supremacy triangle. And it's been covered by alpha news and, um, and then also um, some other state news organizations um, ended up covering it. I don't think anything um, national yet.
1: Not yet. Okay.
2: Not yet. Sometimes these
1: things can, can grow with that, um, culture war crap going on, you know, and, and this is just what it is. A lot of virtue signaling. It sounds like I'm on, on the, their side to try and, well, explain it to us. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to s- <laughs> hear what's really going on.
2: Yeah. So it was American experiment and um, that also had done an article about it. And I actually like to try to keep things um, at the state level because once it gets to national news, it can get out of control kind of fast. And also, the details get cut up. And sure. so I don't necessarily get good representation. <laughs> uh, go. I, I feel like I wouldn't get good representation, not that I've gone national before, but I really prefer things to be kept local. Well, that's, and,
1: sounds yeah, best for us as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and so even for like tonight's appeal, I made sure to invite the local KUIC news organization and the Mankato Free Press. And even though they might be viewed as liberal leaning sources of media, I think it's the most important actually to get your views and ideas across to maybe people who haven't heard them before. So although I am happy that Alpha um, news had gotten letters from a lot of people within the area and they referred to me and the same thing with the American experiment. I'm extremely excited to see their interest in um, elevating student voices so that they can be heard when they feel like they've been discriminated against. Um, I think it's even more important to that local local news that reaches a demographic that maybe I, I couldn't reach otherwise covers it. Yeah. So
1: Does Mankato have their own local like Fox 9? Do they have a, a area affiliate in Mankato?
2: Yeah, KYC does um, some local news coverage. And then the Mankato Free Press is our local paper. And my husband and I subscribe to it. I always make sure that I have a letter to the editor every month. Nice. And the Free Press loves it.
1: Oh, well, that's huge. <laughs> and, I mean, really. Yes getting involved for sure is contacting these folks that, that have that voice in that platform.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but then if you do a Google search for my name, I did. free press articles get pulled up as well. Okay. <laughs> so it's just uh, more coverage regardless what the coverage is. Um, so yeah, I, I made sure to make, uh, I made sure that KYC and the free press were invited and they did attend and um, and I was interviewed afterwards and I really felt that the interview was a lot of really good questions. So I'm excited to see how it turns out.
1: Yeah. You have any questions, Joey? I I, I mean, I kinda would like to know what's what's on is there a curriculum change. This is the goal, right? Is that that is what you're looking for Looking to talk about, or
2: yeah. So the curriculum was an English 10 class. They had discussed what was called a white supremacy triangle, and it had covert and overt white supremacy. And some of the items are things that we would all agree on, like a form of overt white supremacy would be like the KKK. Well, of course, the KKK is a white supremacist group. We all agree with that. Um, But a form of a covert white supremacy, huh?
1: They K- would too- K- 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We all agree on this. Uh, and then a covert white supremacy would be like saying that we're all one human race, right? Even though biologically we are 99.9% similar, and there's more difference between biologically between men and women than there are between women and women of different cultures and regions, right? That and that those are things we all agree on. And yet <laughs> here it's, Saying that we're all one human race is a form of white supremacy.
1: And this um, is a class. Even, uh, a
2: yeah. Grade
1: class, you said? That- this
2: is a 10th grade class, yes.
1: Hmm. And
2: um, it ended up being a six month long process because they didn't give me the process initially, right? So it was just like conversations with the principal. And um, this curriculum also wasn't used in my children's class. It's just that other parents don't like discussing these matters and they know I'm vocal. So they're like, well, you'll take care of it. Why not? Uh, But it was my children's school. Because if you've ever tried to raise these concerns, one thing you might find out is that if your kids aren't in the school, it is kind of hard to access the principal and information. The principal is a lot more likely to answer the phone if you've got a kid in school.
1: Sure. Sure. That definitely makes sense. And and, and your kid may still come across this class. If, if, if it gains some kind of traction, like it, you know, in, in a free market, right. (laughs) It would be just dead in the dead on arrival who would want to attend that kind of class that, you know, I guess you got to learn and see what they're talking about. I don't want to ban anything, but I do think that if it is just, you know, the woke stuff, and I hate using that word because it's been overused, just like racism has and just all this crap. But um it just doesn't – it falls flat on its face when you allow folks to choose to listen to those ideas.
2: Yeah, and that was the original request is when I called the principal of the school. It wasn't that it be removed, and one, it was already taught. So, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Can't go back in time, mm-hmm. but my original request is that this was a biased presentation from the view that only white people can be racist, and that there are popular political slogans being used, and that people that believe in these political slogans like "Make America Great again," um, are all white supremacists, which any case. Uh, but really I didn't ask it. for it to be removed. I asked for a different perspective to be added. So, and in particular, uh, they were shown a video, a five minute video in class. And so I asked for Dr. Glenn Lowry, who um, had this video on the spiral of silence. So just the spiral of not speaking up and the importance of using our voice and speaking up when we see problems that everyone else sees, right? So I I asked for that to be shown as a different perspective on um, that quite surprising. white supremacy is white silence, right? So it's a different perspective. And I was denied. I was denied that that be added to the class. So I wasn't asking for it to be removed. I was asking for an additional um, perspective to be added.
1: Nice. Yeah. Better. The the best way to beat bad ideas are better ideas. And and that's exactly.
2: And these are sophomores. So they're 15, 16, maybe 17 year olds. And so I think that they are mature enough to handle this topic. However, I think one of the more disappointing things um, from this six-month process is that the teachers um, that were on the reevaluation board that approved it, and then the school board members, most of them that approved this, never once asked me how the kids felt, right? They're, they didn't ask me, well, why are they coming to you with this curriculum?
1: You think they ever? Why do they care? feel
2: discriminated against?
1: Yeah, you think they ever care? It's always we know better, so let us handle this and mold you into the people that we want you. Know, I don't know. obviously that's that's how I feel, but um.
2: yeah, and I just think you know approaching it, you know, from the perspective like when I went into this meeting, I kind of figured that they weren't they they were gonna approve it, right? They, they were going to say this was still okay to use. So the approach that I decided to go from was that we need policy changes that elevate student voices and give them more agency and control over their lives. Because that is a hard argument to say no, right? Like, no, we don't want our students to be able to have a voice. <laughs> um, and saying that they need a process for themselves because it shouldn't be apparent and certainly not even their parents. I'm just somebody else's parent that is expressing these concerns. We really need um, for our students to be able to voice their concerns themselves. So that was kind of the avenue I came from, um, just knowing I wasn't going to make any progress through my school board.
1: Right on. Well, yeah. proud of you for stepping up and, and saying something, logically uh, entering a plea here of not banning, not shutting something down, but adding a better perspective in that Absolutely makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, even when like the free press was interviewing me, um, a lot of people are going to feel that this is a loss and it kind of is because they are going to continue teaching the white supremacy triangle. Um, but there was progress made in that they haven't used this process for 10 years. They didn't, it didn't seem like they wanted me to go through this process. Uh, and their excuse was, well, we didn't know it existed, <laughs> but sure. I asked about it for three months. Like you couldn't have taken the time to like figure it out. Um, and part of the <laughs> process was actually just supposed to be sitting down with me and explaining the process. So they didn't follow that process. Um, But just getting through the process, I think, was a win because a lot of people are too scared to
1: stand up against the the big wall of government. Absolutely. Whatever level it is, definitely. Normies are very intimidated by anything that is official. And it blows my mind. And I'll be honest, I've been intimidated in the last yourself. Yeah, where I feel like, what am I up against kind of thing. And so I get it. And I really applaud you for sticking That's in right. there, and sticking it out and figuring out which path to get my voice heard. And, and to. so what was really the reaction that you get to speak or and you actually had a hearing that said your idea is good and we're going to use it?
2: So, you know, the one really nice thing is I'm with the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. The acronym is FAIR. And the FAIR lawyers had already written the superintendent. So I had some additional legal backup and um, language that I could could use and quote. So that, that was super helpful going into the meeting. Um, it was a closed meeting. It wasn't a school board meeting. Our school board has moved most things from the school board meeting that's open to the public to watch. It's, um, it's live streamed to school board work sessions. So the community can attend a school board work session, but they're not recorded. So you can't view them live stream and you can't view them afterwards. So almost everything important that they're doing is being done at these meetings that aren't recorded. If they have to vote, it goes to the school board meeting, but you don't get to see the discussion. So so yeah, all the yeah, discussion
0: yeah. and a lot of the procedure is happening in a way that is not recorded and preserved for posterity.
2: Yes. So that so makes it really absolutely... crucial
0: for everyone to show up to their school board meetings and if your school board has work sessions in addition to meetings, go to those school too. Sessions. Maybe they're maybe they're just maybe they're just informative or maybe there's a lot of discussion happening there. You don't absolutely. know unless you go. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And you have to pay really like I take really detailed notes. You have to really be paying attention to these changes uh, of them moving everything to a school board work session. And unlike the school board meetings that are publicly announced, a lot of times the school board work sessions aren't even announced. So even though you can attend, it's not announced and it's not recorded. So it was actually a school board work session that um, I presented my appeal to. And the nice thing about a school board work session Uh, is that I have a somewhat unlimited amount of time to talk. The school board sectioned off 50 minutes actually for discussion. So my formal speech was like five and a half minutes long. Uh, and then I did a little bit of informal discussion or in, in an informal presentation uh, just about meeting with the superintendent uh, and talking with the students. So something was very well scripted. The five, I had five minutes of very well scripted. And then I had a few more minutes of just t- talking off the cuff and making it slightly more personable where I'm speaking at the school board versus like looking down and reading off of a piece of paper. Uh, and then the meeting actually went for a little over an hour with the crush questions and I got grilled a little bit, but I felt really positive afterwards. And I'm sure people here will probably know the name, but like Michael Malice, you know? Yeah. And he's just, you know, kind of like, well, these people, a lot of people are just not phenomenal. Like the perception is that they're much smarter than you or much more, well rehearsed or they yes. have all these words and that's not the case they're just like us oh You're yes right.
1: beth i totally relate and that's what got me going to do jump in this ring as well and try to run for a state office and i thought well what the heck why if that guy can do it what there's no way that i'm not qualified for this and, and, and i totally follow michael malice and i listen to him say they said say that exact same thing what you're talking about, and and you do realize, you think, even at all, every level of politics, and, and you would just hope that our school board and our city council are, are squared away. And my my jumping into the ring was, uh, I don't want to change the subject, but it's similar. We you know where you're talking about. These folks are just regular folks, and, and they obviously can make mistakes or have their own personal agenda, too. And if they get into this if you call it a cabal or something, even in a local bridge club or however it starts in the neighborhood and and it's backdoor school board meetings, really? Like, <laughs> if folks will laugh at you too when you say, oh, they're doing backdoor school board meetings and keep <laughs> people un, unaware of what's going on. It's like, oh, whatever. No, it actually happens. And, and, they're, and yeah. they're very simple to bust up and to say, hey, we're on to you. And this is wrong. So either stand up and say, I'm doing this wrong or stop it.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the the nice thing, you know, about the meeting that I attended is even though we didn't come to a full agreement, I mean, we did have a civil discussion. Like nobody, although I felt like I was a little bit grilled, nobody broke down into screaming and yelling. And one person that I would generally, that I disagree with, um, did say she still has concerns that our students don't feel like they can voice concerns because obviously they should feel as though they can't. So it was like the, those little pieces of breaking down that wall, right? Like sure. it never occurred to them, like seriously, because they're in a bubble. It never occurred to them that if they are only presented one perspective, that the assumption would be the other perspectives aren't allowed. That idea that in their head, they're like, well, if the students have different perceptions, they'll just voice them in class. No, they don't feel comfortable voicing them in class. And they're coming to me and not you because they're not comfortable with you either. And it honestly never occurred to them. like, mm-hmm. and, and it's that realization of the bubble that we're all in. And when it was brought to them in a calm, productive manner, a couple of them are like, hmm, wait a minute, maybe we do need to have processes that allow students to speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah, you should. (laughs) You know, so it's that whittling away um, that's really important, but it's really hard to get those opportunities. Like it took me six months of research and digging in and like grilling people and telling them to stick to their policies in order to get to the spot where I got to have a discussion with them. And then when we did, it wasn't, we weren't at each other's throats, you know, and it was somewhat productive and we started having some agreements. And so it's unfortunate that it's, it just feels like nobody wants these discussions ever and that we have to have them off camera. Like this is, this would have been a good discussion to have on camera so that everyone could see how it's done.
1: (laughs) Absolutely agree. Yes. I have been watching some city council meetings and and you know the school board is something that I have to plead way too much ignorance where I don't know the processes, you know, and and, and how in my mind this class that if it's teaching some nonsense, then it should be just actually like you said, the kids make their choice. Why well, choose not to go to that dumb class? You know it can't, you know, if it's not a mandatory class, if it's mandatory, then definitely go through the school board and say, Why is this mandated class? you know, like Algebra 2 or whatever. But if it's an elective class and nobody's taking it, then well, that should tell you how to handle that class, I think.
2: Yeah, and this is an English class, so it would have been a mandatory class to take. But in talking with other parents from other districts, even a lot of times, if there's a teacher and she's always losing homework and it's just a lot of work to like figure out what's going on. Or in this case, if they're teaching your students things that there's not being perspective and they don't feel comfortable and they feel like they're discriminated against and um, there is always the option of taking like an online accredited class, right? So there's There's a Cellus Academy, there's Connections Academy. And so if they're not going to do what you want, drop the class so that the school loses the money, right? If you're not going to listen to me, screw you, goodbye. And then a lot of times, if it's just one class, because it might only be one teacher, there's a lot of really good teachers that are going to have productive discussions and teach all the relevant materials. But if you've got one activist teacher who's not going to listen to you and you don't feel like you can go to your counselors and you don't feel like you can go to your principal, pull them out to take them out of that one class and put them in an accredited online school, like excellus or Excel or Connections Academy. There's so many options. Just don't put up with it. So they lose money and then they'll change because they're going to have to.
1: And you're saying just by one class, like, or pull them yeah. out of the school and they you lose. don't even
2: have to pull them out of the school. No. And, and my kids too. So uh, one, my, I have a sophomore currently, but her freshman year, she was in Spain. And in order to go to Spain, like when she's studying in Spain, those credits don't actually transfer in to the United States because they don't, like if you have a U.S. history class, well, of course, European history is not going to count towards your U.S. history credit and your Spanish language class isn't going to count towards your English nine. So really that whole year over there didn't count as credits but she took uh, classes at Excel, which is a pay per monthly, and it's less than $100, or at least was less than $100 a month. And it's an accredited school. And so she did that during the summer to get her credits that she would be missing during the regular school year. Well, now this year she's back at Mankato West. And those credits from Excel because it is an accredited online school, did transfer into Mankato West. And second, our school's lost over 600 students in the last three years. So if somebody wants into their school, they're going to try to be as accommodating as possible because they need the students. So, you know, they might not accept a Spanish language class towards English 9, but if it doesn't completely line up, they're going to be somewhat flexible because they want your money. And (laughs) also foreign language classes are popular now. Yeah.
0: So I'm sure that there, there is a Spanish class somewhere, right? Spanish one or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of the credits didn't transfer in towards graduation standards, but they did transfer in. So my daughter will just end up graduating with a lot of extra credits because well, they not, don't really count towards anything.
1: That time in Spain is worth way more than freshman year anywhere in the United States. I'm sure just the yeah. experience of a, of another culture for you know, more than a month or two, I believe is way is worth way more than learning anything you can learn in freshman high school.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. And it's it's not just learning about additional cultures. Absolutely. That's the case. But also just being independent, right? Like you have to, number one, become fluent in a language because all her classes were taught in Spanish and she wasn't completely fluent when she left. So she did come back fluent. Um, But also, uh, to learn to com- to communicate, how they communicate, how to advocate for yourself in a different culture and a different language, and struggling and not having any fallback. Like, I'm not going to fly over to Spain and help her out. She has to figure it has to figure it out on her own. So, no, it was uh, a really great experience, and I definitely would advocate for anybody who has kids to look into doing a study abroad because you absolutely can your schools won't let tell you about it because they're going to lose money for the year so they're going to try to tell you it's not an option but it absolutely is an option you can make up credits over the summer or a lot of times i mean you don't have to graduate until you don't have to graduate at 18 either you can just do a second year of school as well you know you can do your senior two places
1: yeah yeah well, did you say she was a freshman? You said last year, now she's a sophomore in, in at Mankato West?
2: Yeah, nice so team. she was a freshman, course, she was in Spain, and she is a sophomore at Mankato West, and this was a sophomore English class that taught this curriculum. It was not her sophomore English class so, that taught the curriculum.
1: Interesting. So different. A different teacher. A different teacher. I'm sure
2: all the teachers are talking about me.
1: Interesting, yeah. I, I Again, yeah the 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 to the backroom deals or the backroom meetings where that's what it sounds like. I don't want to make it sound too bad because they're they're official. You said right, they do do official business there, and they, they do official somewhere. business.
2: So they do do take votes. There are a lot of things that um, they will just uh, they'll get settled in these work sessions and bring them then to school board meetings, so that way they take a vote and everyone's going to vote a certain way, right? They work out the details at these meetings. So you don't understand maybe the logic that's going behind the vote or the work that's going behind what they're doing, but you do get to see a lot of times the votes at the school board meetings, just not all the work and the thoughts that went into why they voted the way they did.
1: It kind of makes sense too, I guess with the, you know, the way committees work and you write up all the legalese and all the BS crap that, (laughs) and then someone summarizes it in a meeting for a, a knock with a gavel or whatnot.
2: Yeah. So yeah, that, that that ended up being mostly at those school board work sessions now. Um, Yeah. Right on. That's been my work at my local school board. Fun. Yeah. yeah, It it might be fun. Yeah. Getting everyone back in school next year. I don't know how much I upset everyone throughout the summer.
1: My youngest son starts high school in St. Francis this fall. Uh my oldest actually just graduated from St. Francis so they don't get to be in class together but uh I'm excited they're they're two different boys so <laughs> one Is St.
2: Francis ago. a private it's school?
1: Uh, what's that?
2: Is that a is are they at a private school or a public school?
1: No, nope, it's public. It's the okay. town of St. Francis. It's north okay. of um Blaine Ham Lake area, northwest cities. But,
2: and do you have any problems like this at your school or not so much? That you not know?
1: so much. Um, they are fairly, I, I mean, I thought Mankato was too rural, but you know what I'm saying? Where obviously the, it's become the, the city hive mind mentality. I, I, I know it's what it is because you don't really get that stuff. It, it becomes more when there's more folks where Population is more dense. It just happens with this mentality of, um, you you know, you must take care of each other. And then it becomes, forms into this, I don't know, because we have it so good. I really do think it's what it is. We have it so good. We have to start making up things to be mad at each other about and calling people racist when they're not or whatever. and, And having all this, including curriculum, to talk to kids about, stuff that they shouldn't need to learn about. I think I believe learn how to take care of your fake money and all this other stuff, but I don't know.
2: Yeah. And in Mankato, we're a college town. So Mankato state university is here. We've got Bethany Lutheran. We have a South central college and, um, Rasmussen college. St. Peter has Gustavus Adolphus. So there's a large, um, college population. This yes. is home to Governor Tim Walls. His oh, really? family was here. Yeah. So this is where he originates from is here in Mankato. I,
1: think he's up. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't know he was from Mankato. I guess I don't associate that
2: with. Um... Yeah, my kids went to school with his kids. They went to the same school and in the same class. So, I mean, we got to interact with the Walls. Mm. And so that's Mankato and honestly I think that there is this perception that it's pretty liberal, especially because of all the schools, but I think when you look at the data and statistics it's a pretty close split. and I think that on the more conservative side, the rhetoric about elections not being fair is probably going to hurt conservatives because if elections aren't fair, you might not actually get out to vote. And so you want to encourage people to to vote. <laughs> so you, it's like a fine balance of like riding the road of concern to make sure that things are done fairly. And um and also like telling people your votes do count. You should get out and vote. <laughs> so, and I think that libertarians have that problem too, where uh, we kind of just are independent. <laughs> um, don't tell and, me what yeah. to do. Don't tell me what to do. I yeah. don't like the government, but in order to do the government, get the government to not be involved in my life. So I have to get involved in the government. But, so it's kind of a con- contradiction, right?
1: Yeah. Big time conundrum there that uh, we find it seems so obvious to so many people i talk to and i say this i think every time i talk to anybody even libertarians it says we say well yes you agree with me but you can't win well yeah if you vote if you don't vote for the libertarian then they won't win and, and you don't support and really there's obstacles within the party and that we have to overcome with ballot access and major party status and all these other things but I really do believe that the most important thing are the school boards and the city councils. You know, those are where our culture begins to say, hey, we're not putting up with this BS. Well,
2: and, and I think as libertarians, too, um, we believe in small government over large government. Well, yeah. there's nothing but be- more... There's nothing stronger about small government than your local school boards and your city council and then maybe even your um, county boards. Right. And the great thing about your school boards and city councils is oftentimes you don't have to mark your political affiliation. So you don't need a Democrat or a Republican or a libertarian to sponsor you to get your name on the ballot. Like anybody with a good idea can put those ideas out there and get ballot access. Yeah. And that's how we're going to take over the world, school boards.
1: <laughs> well, I, so. I, I believe, I mean, if we want to get into it, we still have 25 minutes to chat about ideas maybe, or, you know, where my, my wife is a public school teacher and I am uh, very much believer in free market schools where that is not where we're at right now and and uh so it's hard to navigate though to bring that message to someone who's always believed oh i wear I wear my democrat hat and and i vote democrat because i'm a teacher like okay but uh, it just that yeah. doesn't make sense to me
2: Well, and the one thing is, as someone who's done the data requests, and I did do a data request for emails, and initially it was because a teacher had mentioned that there was a fire in her building that they tried to cover up. So one of my keywords in my search was fire, which was so silly because like fire, there's fire sales and there's it's, it's urgent importance. It's like on fire. And so I got a ton of emails, and the thing that really surprised me was how much the DNC emails the teachers. And in this case, it was um, email requests for principals because I would th- I thought that they would be the one discussing the fire that was supposedly in the building, and they just get so much communication from the DNC um, and Where's coming from day to day, huh?
1: Personal day to day emails like from one person to another or from the, the Democratic National Committee where it says it, Here's it was monster. more.
2: Yeah, it was more like from the um, from the Minnesota DNC. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they were getting these emails. And I don't understand if they signed up for the emails. And obviously it's only the emails that contain the keyword fire. So I'm like, oh my gosh, how many emails are they getting? Cause I have a lot that contain the word fire, <laughs> not expecting it. Um, and so it was just eye-opening as far as how much communication that they get. And as someone who's um, worked in corporate America and where we were somewhat tracked, you know, when we got a lot of, Um, unproductive emails and communications, there would be an email sent to you like, well, this unproductive, all these unproductive emails are costing the company in a certain amount of money because you're wasting your time on nonsense when you should be working. And so, I mean, that's an aspect, like they're getting all these unproductive emails that have no relation to their job duties that they are potentially reading. Like, why is that allowed? And then also it gives you the Perspective of like what you're competing against because they're getting it um, in special trainings, they're getting it in emails, so they're just getting saturated um, with emails okay. from the DNC. Yeah,
0: can I step in, please? Sure. Um, I've I've been thinking, mulling this over a little bit throughout this conversation, and I think the the real uh, the real argument here is about not pushing an ideological preference on kids, particularly not sharing one ideological viewpoint in a setting that implies that it is the accurate or correct or especially the only way of looking at something. And uh, what you're saying right now about uh, Democrat or DFL emails, uh, email lists, newsletters, informational, whatever, being sent repeatedly over and over, to uh, officials at the schools um, to me that just speaks of an atmosphere in the staff that probably is also reflective in the t- in at least some of the teachers that there is a predominant or a correct worldview or perspective and yeah, I, that I don't that, think that that it's could be just very that- detrimental to students learning environment.
2: Absolutely. And I don't think it's just that it's sending the message that there's one correct view, but I think we have to also approach it as a perspective is that they're only seeing one view as well, right? They don't see, there are plenty of teachers that have conservative families or um, have other relations and, um, memberships outside of school and they're hearing a lot of perspectives. That's absolutely the case, but that's not the case for everybody. And so they're only hearing one idea. So in their minds, only one idea exists because they haven't heard anything else. And so, um, people need to be coming at it at that perspective too, is that they're against you. They're not even listening to you and they have no idea what you're saying because they don't hear it at all. <laughs> so it's trying to get that message out and not being, um, and getting the message out in a way that's
1: not aggressive, palatable,
2: yeah, yeah. not aggressive because they're they're scared because that's what they hear all the time.
1: Yeah, right. That is a great way to put it too. To to be not aggressive and try and be. I get passionate sometimes about some of the stuff, um, but I'm usually reactive, passionate. I can start a conversation very calm and not aggressive but if i can i'm probably triggered sometimes
2: and i think we all are right like we all make mistakes i make plenty of mistakes and um no you just get frustrated and angry and um and in my case typically sad (laughs) so um and then we, and then you also have to have that compassion for other people too. Like, well, they are also making mistakes, and you have to accept apology if they come your way, and and move on. And it's kind of like, well, your words hurt. Well, no, they don't. But you can't be a pansy about it either, right? Like, if they say something to you you don't like, you have to suck it up just as much as you would hope that they would as well.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, and and back to what Joy was talking about, as far as. Not having any ide- ideological messages in in curriculum. That's sure what we grew up with. I, I, well, I know Joey's. I mean, I'm I'm not sure actually how old anybody is here, but I know I grew up in the '80s and '90s, and and it it was like there was no politics involved. You know, there was in. I don't even remember when it began, I guess. when I was taught
0: about the gender pay gap in fourth grade. Yeah.
1: I mean, I missed out on D.A.R.E. even. I was just, like, the classes below me had to do all the D.A.R.E. stuff. And and so um, I missed out on all that propaganda bull crap. But uh, still...
2: Well, and if you really think about it, like, there has been a lot, even in the 80s, well... I don't really, really remember the eighties too well, but in the nineties, I mean, there has always been uh, as far as like views on wars and the wars we fought. And we had channel one in school and I don't know necessarily how cited it was, but I'm sure there was uh, a way that they approached conversation too. Right. And we had channel one every morning in class. Um, so I don't think it was non-existent. I just don't think it was quite as obvious. Like obviously the white supremacy triangle where if you say mega, you're a white supremacist, that's, pretty blatant and obvious, but some of those other discussions about um, climate or on uh, foreign wars and how we should be involved in wars, those sided, those one-sided perspectives were always, I think, coming through to our students. So,
1: hmm. You know what? I mean, I know I was only woken up to a lot of that propaganda crap a couple years ago. Just, you know, within 2020 is when I really opened my eyes to be in realizing how dumb the wars are and that was the last thing that straw that broke the camel's back and made me a libertarian for life there's no way that i could support any of these other parties because of that that i was lied to my whole life and believed this and would get in arguments with other hippies that i call them you know and and folks that nope and so now that i know that that's possible well then i can understand anything's possible and this is where you know taught folks talking about the communists infiltrating this. And it's like, okay, well, I don't want to go that far because I do believe in America, and I believe that no matter how rural or urban you get, Americans still believe in America to an extent where there's there's still a, you can't tell me what to do, even though the last few years it's been, I don't know. But going back to the school thing, you know, I think that's where it begins. It's It's our kids. And this is the way we just know your kids go to school. Your kids got to go to school. And it's just the way it is, the way it is. And there are a lot of successful kids that go through public schools and are hardworking kids because they got good parents that care about what they're learning about, you know, and then there's some that don't.
2: Yeah. And I think when we're, um, you know, you had brought up, school choice before. And, um, I know I was making progress on, on that front where there's more school choice options and being able to spend your money where you want. And, and it's always good, obviously to have more options, Yeah. but he, like here in Mankato, for instance, there's 8,000 students in the public school system. And if all those kids ended up getting money and they filled the private schools to capacity, and they open enrolled into other districts, you're still talking about like 5,000 students or more within the district. So even with a free choice, you're not going to be able to build the infrastructure fast enough in order to take all those kids out of school. So um, even though we want to build more options, we also want to make the public school system a good option as well because it'll it would take time in the very least to what? make it a non-majority of students right because it's going to be the majority option for a long time it will take decades um, to be able to make other options for all those kids
1: could yeah well it definitely that's a state level thing or you know even national department of education bs you know where Free market ideas in education really do would take a lot more legislation, but the action items right now are at the school board level, and that's definitely where you're at. And that I, I like your I like what you're doing. I I dig, and I think that you hopefully get a some more media attention on this.
2: I don't know. I mean, when there's media attention, there is good attention and there's bad attention, and uh, there's always sides. So, um, if you're not used to getting attention, I don't know.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe not you per- personally, right? That, that, With but the curriculum and uh,
2: what's going on yeah, in general. The
1: idea of someone stepping up and saying, hey, and that it can be done. That's what, like you said, the first person that raises their hand, then everybody says, oh, yeah. I'm, Okay. Okay, and the more hands go up the the higher they go and 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 that's how revolution happens and things like that. So.
2: Yeah, just to know that it's I don't know, safe to voice concerns or that there's even a process to voice concerns. When I went to the appeals meeting, one of the gentlemen that I came, that came had said, you know, he had seen this curriculum years ago and I honestly didn't know it was being taught for years. Um, And when he brought up the concern, he didn't know that there was a process. So he was happy. I stuck with it uh, in order to figure out that a process existed and that other people will know now that there is a process for them to follow. And So hopefully that was my winning outcome of all of this, of six months of, um, a strenuous ordeal. Uh, Most of the time is that now we have an established process that people will know about and it will empower them to speak up and advocate for themselves because I can't advocate for everybody.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. We do what we, you do what you can, but, uh, and where, where do those, um, meetings get posted then? Is that, uh, on the, is there a website for the school board or something that you find out where their committee type meetings are happening?
2: Yeah, well, and actually you have to sign up separately. So our school board meetings are posted publicly or on the website. But if you want to be notified about committee meetings or those school board workshops, you actually have to sign up for a list to be notified. So again, it's that extra step. And occasionally when I, for instance, say, Hey, there's something important coming up to our local KUIC or the free press, then they'll go ahead and print it. Another way to let community members know would be to write letters to your editor. And I, I suggest, um, everybody, you know, try that. I, have been doing it for almost two years now and I've actually come to enjoy it. Like, Oh, look at my name's in the newspaper again, even though it's, it's me just writing about things I'm concerned about. Um, and you don't know who it makes a difference to
1: yeah it's huge
2: yeah that people can hear a different perspective even if it's from a potentially left-leaning source is that they know that there's somebody else out there um facing the same problems they are (laughs) you're not alone
1: well when he when he said he had to sign up that reminded me of something joey is always the best about is the privacy information privacy and all that stuff and he knows best and that's just the one of those things that reminds me when somebody says here you can have this you just need to sign up you just need to give me your email and this and like well wait a second what you're just going to give me this for free anyway so obviously this data this all, all you want is my email and that is worth something to somebody and we know what spams and things are about but i i don't know it just made me think of that
2: and that yeah, that? that giving the giving your information to the school for them to send you stuff. at yeah, there's, there's some people that would be against it just because they don't want to be on that school's list.
1: Well, it could actually be could also that. how the DNC gets their lists, right? And then there, because you're talking about those folks getting all the emails, and um, I don't know. Uh, I I've kind of felt like that was a little bit out of left field as far as when I'm talking about the privacy, but it is still something that makes me think about that kind of stuff. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) we're being tracked all the time and there is no privacy anymore. And um, and in order to get your voice and your word out there, you know, you have to be honest and um, try to be out there as much as possible. So there is no privacy anymore.
1: (laughs) We might only have like 12 minutes, but what do you think Joey about, AI may be taking over for teachers too. I mean, heck, the, the the actors and screenwriters and stuff are going through some stuff right now, but RoboCop, teachers, cops, I mean, everything can just be automated now, right?
0: Well, when I, when I look at the state of automation right now, the state of these large language models like ChatGPT, all of the stuff that comes out of them still needs to be curated by a human. So if you're if you're insisting that a human go over the curriculum with a fine-tooth comb, sure, maybe the AI can help you edit it so that it sounds reasonable so that the grammar is correct and whatnot. But if a human is still editing the content, then it's a human who's responsible for making the curriculum happen. And that's that applies to teaching the curriculum just as much as it does to creating it in the first place, I think. Really? Yeah.
2: And uh, it it even comes down to the fact that there's already so many online schools that quite honestly, and and are accredited too, right? And they're inexpensive at a hundred dollars. You get all those. So you could potentially have private schools that are simply, there's paras that are babysitting your kids, but all the curriculum is at an online school that's a hundred dollars. And yet you're going to charge, you know, far more than that, um, to pay your paras. So that's an option. And, um, and obviously chat GPT just makes getting homework done a lot easier. I use it all the time for nice. those letters to the editor. <laughs> put put what I want to say in there and then like chat GPT say this better and then I run it through grammarly afterwards and then change some words that I don't like and ta-da. A great nice. free press article.
1: <laughs> I really haven't dabbled when it first came out. It was many months ago when i at least i think it but now i've heard it's evolved and i have not dabbled at all and looked into that but i know that it's
2: you're missing out sure yeah, everybody tells out.
1: me
0: this it's a force multiplier that's the thing is that it allows you to you can get it to turn a prompt into a rough draft just in just a couple of minutes if you're if you're willing to retry a couple of times and rephrase your prompt slightly. It'll give you a nice rough draft and then you can go in and correct grammar or correct word choice or add ideas that you think are relevant and remove ideas that the AI thought were that you don't don't understand.
2: Hmm. And you and you can have it debate you like, hey steal man this argument. Or Uh, pretend to be, and you could name somebody who's um, somewhat well-known and out there and write this in their voice or pretend like you're arguing with me as if you're Jordan Peterson. Uh, And you can give them those props and then you can have those arguments with a pretend version or the AI version of Someone famous, you know, as long as they have enough content out there. The other thing is that I'm going to teach my AI to do data requests, right? So I put my data request and, like, can you write this data request better and, and teach it um, what's necessary so that way I can put out more data requests. And eventually it'll just be my AI talking to the school's AI. So you're the one that requests. wants all the
1: email addresses and all this stuff all the data that I was just chatting about.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's just going to be chat boxes uh, going through each other's data eventually. So I love, I love my chat GPT, although it might control the world eventually and um, hack into our bank accounts and our uh, different, I don't know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Who knows? What, what, what are the possibilities? That's why everybody's kind of freaking out because similar to like Y2K and that ended up being just fine, you know, and the way Joey explained it too, it, you know, human has to program the automated thing, but I don't know so much. And actually
2: as, you can have chat GPT do the programming for you. So yeah. you can just give it a prompt and they put restrictions and guardrails on it. Live
1: at all costs. Go. Yes. And now that's its prompt. And now, okay. Well, I compute. I don't know. I. <laughs> And you you have to think, too, like distribution
2: chains. Yeah, all all your distribution chains are just a code in the background, right? So, you know, one day all your food's going to Florida and not to Minnesota or whatever, or even like nuclear codes, right? It's probably just on somebody's computer somewhere. Uh, And the monitoring and management of a lot of your utilities are all a code, Uh, you know, as far as like your water management system
0: that's, what yeah, I do. that's the much, issue with centralization isn't it because if yeah. if all of this stuff is is reduced down to the local level then a some sort of a an accidental or intentional change in the functioning of that code can only have an impact over a small area
2: yeah yeah when we have huge distribution chains or we have uh, you know capital one discover and American express controlling all the payment systems. Yeah. It's just a matter of taking out those free payment systems and then how are you going to buy anything?
1: So. Well, you mentioned the, the local municipal water and wastewater systems. That's actually what I do. My day job is a uh, controls technician and we do the local water for Oakdale and, and Lake Elmo and a couple of other cities around town and used to be cool. I pull up an app on my phone and look at it. I can see the, all the the SCADA is what it's called and I oh, could yes. overflow this tower if I wanted to and then they kind of cracked down after that sucks net uh, thing happened and um, a lot more SCADA systems were cra- were locked down. They also do for Air Force and the military, we do uh. control systems for the jet fuel and those also. They used to have, well, just dial into the system and look at the controller for their fuel, but.
2: Yeah. So you're, you totally understand, like a lot of people don't think of that, that those things are actually controlled or monitored by a computer system. And that the AI is a programming system. It's best at languages, right? It aces English, but it also is really great at programming because it's a language. So it could take over all those systems. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you don't get water anymore or it's going to be poisoned with something who knows <laughs> well, that,
1: i mean that kind of gets me with the the terrorist idea where i think well if there were terrorists all over the place our water systems could be poisoned pretty sim- I, I don't like saying the stuff the quiet part out loud like it's too easy to the jet fuel systems that i work on all the time they're big two million gallon tanks right on the other side of a fence of a chain link fence like I don't think there's people that really want to hurt us as bad as some folks say they do, you know, unless they're just waiting for that right time. I don't know. But I just
2: it's only (laughs) only the idiots that are trying to take us out. You know, they can't use chat GPT or function or use a backhoe or something. Um, No, but it does give you some faith in humanity, knowing that these systems exist and they're still in place. Yeah. Um, You know, there must be more good people than bad people for this world to continue functioning like it does.
0: Hey, guys, I just want to quick chime in here and say uh, uh, we're kind of running up against the clock here. So if you would like to put in your final words for a couple minutes here. um, But first, I want to say if you would like to become a member of the Libertarian Party of Minnesota, lpmn.org slash become a member. It's right there. Um, We would be grateful to have you now. can, Can we have a last word for everyone?
1: Go
2: ahead, Beth. Uh, keep an eye out on your local city councils, your school boards. Try to run and get involved in local office, and um, get your word out there by writing letters to the editor. It's oftentimes free if you don't uh, aren't a member. Typically, you know, if you're going to pay something, it'll be like a couple bucks. So it's really a cheap way to to get your word out there, and then you'll start showing up in um, search engines.
1: All right, TJ. Uh, well, TJ dot com is my website, and I'm trying to uh, raise some funds for the North St. Paul food shelf right now. I've been volunteering with them the last couple months and have a lot of fun and just want to get um, some community folks together and have fun playing kickball and maybe some raffle and things. I'm, I have no traction on this yet, but I'm trying to promote it as much as I can.
0: All right. And what's the date and location for that event?
1: September twenty fourth at Casey Lake Park in North St. Paul. Uh, go to the website TJforLiberty.com and it's the homepage right there is all the details for the kickball.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for listening. Have nice a great day.
1: Thanks, Beth.
2: Bye. Go
1: to the website TJforLiberty.com and it's the homepage right there is all the details for the kickball.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys so much and thank you for listening. Have an excellent day.
1: Thanks Beth. Bye.